The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. Happy to be talking everything Buffalo Bills, right? As we here we are getting upon this uh, this new version of NFL training camp, not just for the Bills, but for all teams across the league. And certainly going to be an interesting few weeks as teams start to ramp up and get ready heading into the 2020 regular season. I realize there's still plenty of skepticism of you know what that season can look like. Will players be opting out? What is going to take place with so much of this? But you know when we talk on this podcast, it, it, you know at least as much as I can, I try to focus on the football as much as possible because I think the good thing with that is it just uh, it gives us a distraction and something to focus on as Bills fans. You know I think for the most part that's what we uh, at least are trying to do as uh, as we go through some uncertain times. Right now, I do have some good news to share with you all. Um, We are going to have a a new show that will be debuting soon here at buffalorumblings.com. It's called the Buff Hub Podcast. Um, If you listen to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, you know their host. His name is Steve Vega, and he was on with me last week on Breaking Buffalo Rumblings to talk about Devin Singletary, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, and some expectations for this season. Um, He's going to be a great addition to our team here at the network, and uh, his new uh, podcast will be, well, it's not new, right? You may have heard it in the past, but new to buffalorumblings.com. He will be uh, debuting with us soon. So I encourage you to check it out. Again, a great addition to everything that we do here and uh, a different voice coming to you, right? As we talk about the Buffalo Bills and you get some different perspectives and some different energy and Steve is certainly a high-energy guy that I think will add just a, a great a great addition to, to everything that we do here. So now when we talk about today's podcast, right, I, I think with some of the stuff, it's, uh, you know, I want to go through some predictions as it relates to the schedule for the Bills. And I say that because, right, when the schedule came out back in May, did a, you know, an, an episode kind of talking about what the, the schedule looked like, then went through and did some predictions where I had the Bills finishing 10 and 6, um, but things have changed since then, right? I mean, one, it's changed as far as what the the training camp is going to look like and what all the offseason conditioning has been. And I think that lends itself to being a advantage for the Buffalo Bills, right? When you think of what I would say a small number of changes, um, at least to you know the offensive side of the ball, when you think just the addition of Stefan Diggs and you've got just one guy 
that you need to really get assimilated with with so much and, and making a projection right that the offensive line, the starters will remain the same, that every other starter will remain the same, and that he'll step in in place of Duke Williams and or Isaiah McKenzie in the starting lineup. And, you know, then when you look at the defensive side of the ball, a little bit more shuffling, right, with the the losses of Lorenzo Alexander, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, uh, what's going to happen at the cornerback two position. But, uh, you know, I think for the most part, you look at the continuity that the Bills have on the offensive side of the ball, the majority of their defensive backfield, right, with their starting safeties and Tredavious White there, and still the possibility that Levi Wallace could be a starter at cornerback for the team, you know, from this standpoint, you, you see that consistency. And I think to myself, gosh, you know, that is, that is a true advantage for the bills. Um, you know, the other piece, and we've talked about it on the podcast earlier, the addition of Cam Newton, what does that really mean as a shakeup in the AFC East and what things could look like? And of course the, uh, the bigger news, right. That came about over the weekend with Jamal Adams being traded out of the AFC East to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Bills will play the Seahawks this season, but uh, you know, removing him from the New York Jets for those two games would argue that is their best player, their best defender, um, and a huge loss for the New York Jets. And I mean, I think as we just see so much with that franchise right now, um, I, I do say this, right? I feel bad for Jets fans just because, um, you know, I, like many of you, right? You have friends that are fans of other teams and you look at those guys and you see just, you know, from when they drafted Sam Darnold and the hope that they had. And, and now you've got, you know, Adams getting himself traded out of town. Granted, the Jets getting a great haul for for that. Um, but with that being said, right, you just look at things and it's a franchise in a little bit of disarray from everything to, you know, from ownership, of course, to the head coach. And now your best player getting traded to the Seattle Seahawks. So, you know, as we were looking at stuff, you getting ready for this, I figured, you know what, this could be a good time to go back, look at the schedule and, and kind of see. And, and I'll be very honest with you guys. I, I think, you know, I try to be as even keeled a Bills fan as I can. I certainly lean towards optimism more than I should. And uh, and I'm feeling a little optimistic today when I'm recording this. And I'll be honest, I don't really know why. Um, maybe it has to do with just, um, I, I don't know, right? The, the news that all of the charges were dismissed against Ed Oliver. Um, and I should speak on that a, a second too, right? I mean, when that came out and you do the, we did a Breaking Buffalo Rumblings episode and you hear that and you think to yourself like, God, you know, just these young players, like they've got to be smarter. They've got to be better. All of these things. And you just take a step back and it's like, you know, uh, truly a lesson learned not to rush to any sort of judgment in situations like this. And you get the, you know, no drugs in Oliver's system, a uh, 0. .00 on the breathalyzer. Um, what was said to be a you know a, an open container was just uh, something that was used for dip that seemed to be in the truck at the time. So, you know, for for myself and others, you get that news sometimes, and you're just like, oh, you know, you you hear of a player drunk driving, and in no way was saying like, oh, cut him or release him or any of those pieces. But you're just kind of disappointed whenever you see it, right? With any professional athlete let alone someone, you know, on, on the team that, you know, and love and, uh, you know, just kind of, again, a, a lesson learned until all of the information is out there. Shouldn't, shouldn't feel any sense of disappointment or whatnot, unless it is, um, you know, that's, that's truly the case. So, you know, I think for myself and all Bills fans, like 
you never want to see anyone in that position. And of course, now, uh, I guess a sense of relief, right? That no suspension suspension should be coming for Ed Oliver um, leading to this season. So, you know, with that being said, let's talk a little bit here about the schedule and make some predictions. And again, a little bit of a fair warning that um, I'm a a bit optimistic here and I'm not quite sure why. So I just, that's your your spoiler alert. And uh, why don't we kind of get going with things? So, you know, assuming everything starts on time for the Buffalo Bills and the rest of the NFL, first game of the season, Sunday, September 13th, at home against the New York Jets. And I mean, in some ways now, when you say like at home or on the road, how much of a difference does that really make? Assuming that there's going to be very little fans, if any, um, you know, in place, right? It, I'll just call it the Ralph, not even getting into the New Era Field naming rights piece. We'll, we'll save that for another discussion, I guess, at some point. But um, so with so much of this, right, I think like, OK, you can say in certain games the weather might be a factor, but but more so, right, like it is just going to be who is the better football team on the field. And as we were just talking about with the trade of Jamal Adams, while, you know, the Jets get a, a couple of future first round draft picks and they get a future third round draft pick. Um, it does not make their team any better for the 2020 season, right? Removing your best player, not a good thing. So as as we go through with this um, in week one, I see the Buffalo Bills defeating the New York Jets. Um, week two against the Miami Dolphins, you know, and again, I think for the Dolphins, the, the offseason changes with the shortened training camp, the lack of a preseason is not something that helps them, you know, as they look at it and, and listen, we all know that Ryan Fitzpatrick can do decent things at the quarterback position, but when you have a rookie quarterback coming in, you're looking to, to get some of those reps in the preseason and see what he can be. Um, I don't see Tua Tagalayavoa um, getting the start this early in the season. Um, and really with that, again, I just think that lack of a traditional training camp and preseason it's going to work against the Dolphins, um, not just with a rookie quarterback in tow, but with a lot of new pieces that they have in their roster. So week two, I have a win for the Buffalo Bills. Um, in week three, the Los Angeles Rams traveling across the country. And, and this is one of those interesting games. I do have it as a win for the Bills, but I think a lot of people have written off the Rams just because of you know, let's just talk about some of the changes that they have had to to go through, the struggles with Jared Goff, and uh, you know, most notably, like you know, people kind of saying like, "Well, they were a disappointment um, around Todd Gurley and others in in 2019." I mean, they still finished nine and seven. I mean, I'm not saying that nine and seven is something to write home about coming off of a a Super Bowl appearance, but you know, have people really figured out Jared Goff? I I tend to think that you know maybe the book is out on him just a little bit. I'm not completely writing them off, but the fact that they're traveling across the country, I'm going to give that one to the Bills. Um, Sunday, October 4th, the Bills will be traveling to Las Vegas. Again, who knows what that will look like as far as if there will be fans in attendance or not. Um, As we go with all of these pieces, and I, I like the direction that John Gruden and Mike Mayock have the Raiders going. Um, at least with the the roster that they're developing, but I'm just not sold on Derek Carr, right? I look at him as a quarterback and, you know, he can do some decent things. There are certainly worse quarterbacks in the NFL, but when I think of the Buffalo Bills defense and their ability to apply pressure on him, I just, uh, I like the Bills offense against the Raiders defense more than I like what Derek Carr and the Raiders offense can do against the Bills defense, if that all makes sense. So I think I confused myself there, but 
just getting to the point, right? I've got the Bills with the victory uh, against the Raiders in week four. And week five is an interesting one, right? For me, I kind of looked at early on, and it's just uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Bills traveling to Tennessee. So many Bills fans, right, in attendance at the game during the 2019 season. Now you look at this and say uh, again, right, probably not something that is going to going to happen. You know, if, again, if there's a, a very small percentage of fans in the stands, I, I'm, I'm guessing that it's not going to be Buffalo Bills fans or at least a, a small contingency, maybe. Um, as we go through with this, right, and I, I get it and I'm, I, I almost feel somewhat judgmental, but like we as Bills fans have seen Ryan Tannehill play enough and play against the Bills enough that I would think that I like the chances of Sean McDermott, Leslie defense, Leslie Frazier, and the Bills defense and what they can do against Tannehill and the Titans. I thought last year they did a very good job in containing Derrick Henry. I know it was early in the season. Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. Things were very different at that time. And the Titans really, um, you know, again, a, a strong finish on their way to the AFC championship game last year. But as we go through with these pieces, I told you all I was feeling optimistic today. Maybe this, uh, you know, you look at it as a coin flip game, but today I've got that coin flip going to the Bills. Now, at this point, right, we've got the Buffalo Bills at 5 and 1 on the season or 5 and 0, oh, sorry, on the season. Spoiler alert here, going into week 6, Thursday night football when the Bills host the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, again, the spoiler alert, right? First loss of the season for the Bills. Um, as much as I, you know, look forward to this game, right? You think, man, how can the Bills defense do against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? And just what is that going to look like, right? Think, you know, Trey White against Tyreek Hill the entire game. Matt Milano matching up with Travis Kelsey, you know, who's going to be on Sammy Watkins? What is that going to look like? And and how do they, you know, do, just kind of work the coverage, right? When it comes to that point, can the Bills defensive line put pressure on Mahomes? Like, you know, we've seen him work his magic back in the pocket on the run, the sidearm throws, no look passes, all of these different things. But can the Bills defensive line really maybe take a, you know, a, a part of the playbook, right, from what the 49ers did in the Super Bowl, at least for those first three quarters, and really stifling um, the Chiefs the Chiefs offense. You know, you've also got the piece where you've got the storyline of uh, Andy Reid and being the mentor, and really Sean McDermott coming up is, is one of his assistants. So, you know, with all of that said, right, I, I've got the Bills taking the loss here in week six with Kansas City getting the victory. Um, week seven, October 25th, the Bills travel to play the New York Jets. I've talked about that before. I've got that as a victory for the Bills. Uh, Sunday, November 1st, the Bills play host to the New England Patriots. And again, one of the other pieces that has changed um, the landscape of the AFC East, um, Cam Newton coming in at quarterback. And again, you talk about things with the Dolphins and saying, well, a new quarterback, no offseason, you know, no preseason games, blah, 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 this and that. But, you know, you're talking in one situation about a rookie QB. And in this, uh, you know, what is he, a nine-year vet in in Cam Newton and what he can be and, you know, him having some time to, to kind of get used to things in New England. Um, with that being said, the last time we went through this, I had it as a split with the Bills winning at home and the Patriots winning uh, the Patriots winning their home game 
And this situation, uh, again, I'm going to keep it the same, right? And and I know I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit there, but I'm going to keep that split. I'm going to keep the Bills winning at home and I've got the Patriots winning at Gillette. So at this point, right, you you go through things through week eight, the halfway point of the season. Uh, right now, the Bills are six and two with losses to the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. Um, certainly a, a tough stretch of the schedule for the Bills here because then the following week at home, they host the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, and I look at this again, the Seahawks traveling across the country, a 1 p.m. start. Um, certainly, you know, you look at their defense, not fantastic against the run during the 2019 season, much better against the pass. But, you know, they they have Russell Wilson. They have just, as I look at it, one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And from that standpoint where, you know, I, I said I feel optimistic in a lot of ways as I go through this piece. But for some reason, I just don't feel optimistic about this this game here. And the addition of Jamal Adams in Seattle um, certainly makes their defense better. So if I have the Bills, you know, catching a loss, another loss at home to the Seattle, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, um, that is going to be going to be one there. Uh, the next week, the Bills travel to Arizona. And I'll say this, right, like there has been a lot of um energy around the Arizona Cardinals at this point and kind of talking about their squad and what they can be and Kyler Murray going into year two and you know you like him as a young player and what he can be the addition of DeAndre Hopkins um I guess I'm just not there yet with the Cardinals right do I expect them to be a better football team this year absolutely as as things go through right like but I think there is still a way for them to go you know, is Kenyon Drake really the answer at running back for them? You know, can the defense show signs of improvement that, you know, we really didn't see during the 2019 season? I mean, yeah, there can be an expectation, but I, I don't look at this and just think that the Cardinals are going to, you know, kind of catapult themselves and being one of the best teams in the NFL. So I've got the Bills with a, a victory in week 10 heading into the bye week, which is week 11 for them. Um, coming off of that Sunday, November 29th, the Bills should be well-rested. They are back at home. Uh, the last Los Angeles Chargers are traveling to Buffalo. Who knows who will be their quarterback in this game, if it will still be Tyrod Taylor, if Justin Herbert will be the starting quarterback at this point. Um, regardless of that situation, right, whether you've got a, a rookie stepping in kind of you know early in his career, they have some weapons on their team, but you look at the loss of Melvin Gordon. They have a tough defense, but I'm going to have this as a, a victory for the Bills at home in Week 12. Week 13, a Monday night game for the Bills, right? Another one of their primetime matchups. This time they travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Um, this is just, I mean, I'm looking forward to it as a Monday night football game, a measuring stick game. But when I, I look at the 49ers, this is one of those I'm just like, yeah, I don't maybe a 20% chance of win for the Bills at least in my in my head right now i imagine this will be the game where they are the biggest underdogs for them on their schedule this season and i have that as a loss for buffalo um, week 14 at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I love the Steelers defense. I, I look at that, you know, the game where the Bills got the win on Sunday night football last year. Obviously, the fact that Duck Hodgins was the uh, quarterback and the multiple interceptions that he gave up uh, helped the Bills get the victory there. Um, but what is Ben Roethlisberger going to look like coming back? Can he, you know, revert to his old form? You know, you, you just look at things and there's plenty of question marks 
that come with that. I'm not completely sold on their offense, just really as it relates to their weapons. Juju Smith-Schuster, um, a, a player that I really like, but does not seem to be the same player since Antonio Brown has left. Um, just with a lot of pieces there, I, I like it in a, a Sunday night primetime game for the Bills um, for them to get that victory. In week 15, the Bills travel to play the Denver Broncos. Um, I put the Broncos in a similar category as the Cardinals and that the hype seems to be, you know, kind of growing around this team. And I'm not saying that it, it's not well deserved, but I don't know if we've seen enough from Drew Locke yet. They certainly have some some interesting weapons and, you know, that they've added Melvin Gordon in the backfield and, and kind of how is that going to play out? And, and again, Cortland Sutton coming into his second year and you know, the arrow can certainly be pointing up as it relates to to their offense. Um, but as I go through this piece, I think they might still be like another year away. And and again, that second year QB, while you like some things you saw from Locke, uh, I'm still going to give this one to the Bills. Um, week 16, I already told you the Bills traveling to Gillette. I'm going to give that one to the Patriots. At least for me, I still see that as a split. And, you know, of course, I'd be pleasantly surprised. In week 17, the Bills at home in Buffalo, Miami, traveling up to play on January 3rd. I imagine it's going to be cold. I mean, we know it's going to be cold right on January 3rd. So I'm going to give that one to the Bills. And that takes me through, if you've been keeping track, I've got the Bills finishing 12-4, and four, which is just kind of insane to me when you think about it in so many ways. And I talk about being optimistic and all of these pieces, I, I can't recall another time where I've gone through and had the Bills finishing 12 and 4 in the regular season. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it just kind of struck me, you know, in a weird way. Maybe it's just catching up on some different pieces. I mean, it's, you know, there's certainly some coin flip games there that you can look at, right? I think the Pittsburgh game can be a coin flip game. You would argue that the Denver game could, and of course, the game against the Tennessee Titans. But, I've got the Bills winning all three of those right now. Um, I think the game at Gillette could also be considered a a coin flip game. So maybe I've got the Bills going three and one in those coin flip matchups. Um, well, three and two if you include Seattle as well. I guess the only two I'm looking at and just saying like, yeah, I, I don't I don't see a path to a victory here would be Kansas City and San Francisco. But in this season, who knows what will happen, right? You have to imagine that uh, COVID-19 and, and certain positive tests are going to affect players and what can happen. And again, as fans, we just really hope that there is a season. So anyway, I've been rambling enough about enough stuff. I always appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate all the feedback and just um, that we're getting closer to football, at least hopefully, right? So keep your fingers crossed there. So I appreciate you tuning in. Thanks as always and go Bills.